The title of today's sermon is To Touch and Be Touched. It is the fourth in a sermon series entitled The Faces of Christ. Today I'll be talking about Jesus as a healer, and I have expanded the uh, gospel according to Matthew passage a little bit, and you'll see why. Politicians know a lot about touching, or at least they claim to know a lot about touching. A man goes to the doctor and says, my body really hurts. Everywhere I touch, it hurts. The doctor says, what do you mean? So the man showed him what he meant. He took his finger and he touched his shoulder. Ouch, it hurts. He touched his neck. He said, ouch, that hurts. He took his finger and he touched his head. And he said, ouch, that hurts. The doctor looked at him and said, you're a politician, aren't you? He replied, yes, as a matter of fact, I am. How did you guess? The doctor said, well, I'm sure you want to blame your pain on your opponents, the president, the House, the Senate, the Supreme Court, the Republicans or the Democrats. But the problem is you have a broken finger. (laughs) There are, of course, many different ways to touch someone. We can touch them physically through words, through a look, through actions, and simply through our presence. The famous author and speaker Leo Bascaglia wrote, Too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest accomplishment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the power to turn a life around. Jesus was, of course, a master at touching people. That mastery can clearly be seen in how he deals with those who are suffering. I will be talking about a few of those experiences today. At the time of Jesus and today, illness is the great leveler. It makes no difference whether we are rich or poor, whether we are at the center of the power or at the fringes of society. Illness causes great disruption in our lives. In trying to deal with some long-term illnesses, some of us may lose hope that we will ever be healthy again. The scriptural passages from Matthew today deal with just those types of illnesses. We are told, again, I've expanded it somewhat, of five people battling illness. A leader of the synagogue who seeks out Jesus for his daughter and a woman who has been bleeding for 12 years. At the time of these stories, these two people would never, ever have come in contact with one another. The leader of the synagogue would have nothing to do with a woman, especially a woman who was ritually unclean because of hemorrhage. Nevertheless, they're here in these stories, and even in the same crowd, they may have touched one another. They were seeking a healing from Jesus. They were both 
seeking such a healing because it was beyond their power to do so. When the leader of the synagogue approaches Jesus, all hope for healing seems gone to him. His daughter is already dead. Yet, this man was not hopeless. He asked Jesus to lay hands on his daughter with the faith that she will live again. He's then interrupted by the woman with the hemorrhage. The interruption doesn't really seem to bother him much, and perhaps he saw in her face the face of a fellow sufferer. After 12 years, she has probably sought many cures, and all of whom and which have failed. And she says, if only I touch his cloak, I will be made well. Then two blind men followed Jesus and said, have mercy on us, son of David. Now notice, they didn't ask him for a cure. Instead, they asked him for mercy. One can assume that they asked for a cure in the past, and many attempts probably have failed. Finally, in the shortest story, a person who could not speak and who was possessed with demons was brought to Jesus. The difference with him and the first four people is that this person did not come to Jesus on their own, but they came because people brought them to Jesus. Have they given up hope in trying to find a cure for the illnesses? Were they family or friends who brought them to him? To me, there are many themes that run throughout these healing stories, and yes, I've combined them all. I'd like to talk about four of them. The first and most commonly discussed theme is the role of faith in the healings. We see such great faith in these five individuals. Suddenly, they were before Jesus, and just as suddenly, Jesus answers their requests. For the woman, he confirms her faith has made her well. With the daughter, he simply takes her hand and she gets up. For the two blind men, Jesus only asks them one question. Do you believe I am able to do this? They answer yes, and they are cured. For the person who could not speak and was possessed by demons, the faith of those who brought that person to Jesus was the key in the healing. You know, when we read these accounts, we may make they may make our own faith seem a little weak or a little insignificant in comparison. But what is it that Jesus means when he says, your faith has made you well? Throughout his ministry, he repeatedly says these words or something to the same effect. I believe it means that the person to be healed truly believes that the power of God flows through Jesus and it can wash over them and ease their suffering. They are willing to take that leap of faith and believe they can be made well in this way. 
they are also willing to enter into a relationship with God that will be a part of their healing. Of course, the same can be true for us. If we come to Jesus and truly make his teachings a part of our lives, then we will be given the power of God through Jesus and through God to help ourselves and others through us to deal with the diseases, the distress, the emotional turmoil, the anxiety that is an inevitable part of living our lives. The causes and conditions of these situations may remain with us, but we will certainly be given the power to deal with them through the presence of Jesus in our lives. The second theme is that in our scripture from Matthew, the five people suffering from illness came to Jesus as a last resort. They had lived with their illness for some time, probably tried many cures, but none of them worked. And the final attempt would be with Jesus. The truth that we can learn from these stories is that we can bring Jesus into our lives at any time. When things are going great. When things are going not so great. Or where our last hope is in Jesus. How many of us have been in a stage in our lives where we have lost all hope to be able to deal with a disease that either is within us or in one that we loved? Or thinking that our lives will be anything ever close to normal when we have lost a loved one? How many of us have felt that we will never see relief from the overwhelming debt and financial reverses that have occurred to us. The beauty of these healing stories is that just when all hope is lost, when we have given up, and when we allow defeat to overwhelm us, if then we ask in faith for Jesus to come alongside us, he will. It does not matter how or when we come to have Jesus be the model of how we are to live our lives. Only that we too do come to have faith in Jesus. No matter how imperfectly or inadequately we are, his love and his arms are open to receive it. We don't have to wait. We can come to him as we are right now, right in this place, right now. The third theme is the compassion that is demonstrated by Jesus. The word compassion has been defined as a feeling of deep sympathy and concern for the suffering of others that is accompanied by a strong desire to ease that suffering. Isn't that precisely what we see in Jesus throughout his ministry? In the four Gospels, 
there are 30 to 40 descriptions of Jesus healing those in need. And they are all done with great compassion. At Mark 6, 34, it is written, When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. The original Greek translation for the word compassion is splachnon. Did I come close? Okay which means a deep concern that fills one's being, right at the gut level. That is what Jesus has for those that are lost and seek to find direction for their lives. So what does the compassion shown by Jesus mean for us today? In a hymn entitled, Does Jesus Care? Frank Graff wrote, Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. Does Jesus care when my heart is pain too deeply for mirth or song? As the burdens press and as the cares distress and the way grows weary and long. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary. I know my Savior cares. We can know. We all do know that Jesus cares. We know from his very own words, and we can trust in those words. When afflicted with disease and pain, he cares. When we are grieving over the loss of dear ones, he cares. When we are confused and in a maze of misdirection, desperately sneeding leadership, He has compassion for us. When we are mistreated, he feels for us. When we wander off the path that he would have us take, he grieves that we have turned away from him. Jesus truly does care. The fourth theme can be seen in what happens very soon after Jesus performs all of these healings I've talked about. Jesus commissions his disciples to go and do as he has done. He tells them, go out and do likewise. What you have seen me do, you do. To go out to those who have faith in him and maybe in their darkest hour, battling a disease or difficulty, and you are to give them strength and power to overcome. The key. The key to this is the commission that Jesus gave to his disciples is the commission he has given to us. We are called to reach across those barriers that once discouraged us from helping those that are at the margins of society, those ritually unclean and those for whom society has no hope. We are called to assert the love of Jesus and our faith in his healing. And that can transform us, but it can also transform all those that we are trying to help. They're out there, we know. The ones that need our touch, our words, our look, and our presence with them. 
And through all these ways of touching someone who is suffering, we can offer the transforming love of Jesus. We can offer them faith, faith in Jesus. And we can offer them a last but best hope to deal with the hardships of life. And we can do so with the compassion of Jesus. And through our touch, we can give hope. We can give faith. It contains the faith that Jesus is still moving among us, giving us strength and power in unexpected ways. We should not hesitate in proclaiming the good news that Jesus recognizes our suffering and recognizes our faith. He who died on the cross knows what it is to be in pain. And he who is risen has the power to make us whole and through us make others whole. And that is a miraculous gift that has been given to all of us through the grace of God. Amen.